Hello everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archive Season 2, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things Real Housewives. My name is James Evans and joining me is my co-host, the morally corrupt Ellie Nunn. Hi! <laughs> I'm so excited. As you started, I went to whoop, and then I was like, oh, "I can't whoop over the intro." No, no, no. The, the the intro is sacred. But no, feel free to whoop now. I'm I'm, I'm I feel amazing. I'm so excited oh, to be here and seeing you I'm again. I'm so happy. I know that made it sound like we haven't seen each other <laughs> since we recorded the last. No, we've been net. talking a lot, but it hasn't been pleasant. So now it's Not, nice to get back in the group. Exactly things, civil at best, but. We're yeah, both yeah. smiling now. God, like drawing blood out of a stone. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, we have so much to catch up on. It's been a minute. I know. And since we left off, we have become an international lifestyle brand. We are superstars. I feel like Luan on that boat in Miami. And there's just like a little <laughs> dinghy of people from Azerbaijan. Going, oh, and we're like, they know my music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, anyone who missed um, our post on Instagram, I'm, we're very proud to announce we are number 40 on the TV and film podcast list in Azerbaijan. So oh. life can't get any better, Ellie. We love you guys. Very big in Azerbaijan. Big love. Big love to Azerbaijan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've always had our back from the beginning. I honestly, I, I feel peak Sonia with that. Not only that, I turned 30 since we've been away. Mm. Snaps for me. And uh, some of my, <laughs> three of my 50 best friends um decided to clobber together to get me a cameo and they bought me a cameo from Elise and you know they they put it on for me to watch and they were all filming my reaction and I have to say a little bit of me thought because none of my friends watch Real Housewives it's a miracle that we have anything to talk about uh Mm. I could tell that they thought that she was one of the main housewives and so I felt this real pressure to have like a huge reaction as if it was like Luann or Ramona. Right. Uh, and then if you want to jump over to our Instagram page and have a look, you will see how quickly their present went from like a six to a 10. Because Elise listened to our podcast and oh. I think she calls herself our biggest fan. She, I did she? <laughs> I don't know if we're, <laughs> maybe a slight exaggeration. But... Also, she's now an investor, our... you know, <laughs> she's a guest. She's actually joining us. Yeah, yeah. James, uh, James pointed out to me when I sent it to him that he was like, the best thing about this is that it just shows that she has like nothing to do with her, mm. her time, that she really went off. Elise, if you're listening, I... I we love, love you, you and you're, and we're we're your biggest you're fan, amazing you know? absolutely but it did make me laugh that she had time to go off and listen to like quite a considerable amount of the podcast she was like quoting the podcast she listened to several episodes and it wasn't like she, <laughs> she just listened to five minutes just to you know get the gist of it just to be nice she properly sat down and let me tell you because you sent it to me immediately i i had to call my husband he was leaving he was going to work i was like come come back come back so that you I were like we don't need him. the money no no go <laughs> And we were screaming at each other. And let me tell you, Ellie, when she mentioned my name, oh. I my stomach dropped because she was not happy with me. She I have to say, not me. just you, when she first was like pointing out that she's like, why have your friends 
ask for a cameo from me when you don't have an episode about me. And I thought, oh my she's God. about to go hard on it. She's about she to knows be like, we're taking the why piss. are you asking for a cameo from me? I have to say my stomach dropped as well. Yeah, And then yeah. what a turnaround. And what a turnaround. She was saying, and then when she announced that she'd listened to some of the episodes, the mental gymnastics I did, Ellie, going mm. through, thinking of about every minute we've we recorded, have we said anything <laughs> bad about Elise? Thank God we didn't. Because we love her, of course. I Elise, like to think that to she now. did, I like to think she did a sort of Cambridge special of, she probably listened to like the intro of a lot of eps. So I feel like she was quoting from like the first five minutes of a few episodes you know that's very Cambridge to just like read the introduction of the book and get all your quotes from there and then just like next and just waffle on for the next <laughs> hour yeah 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 she also managed to like um slide in that little I think that moment that she was trying to make where she called Ramona like a narcissistic duplicitous <laughs> sadistic um but no she was all over you because you just came out right and said that you hated Ramona but because I was a bit of a Ramona defender uh, there was no cameo for me no cameo for James. and now I feel that we're gonna have that all over again with Brandy oh fucking hell oh my god oh I am so sad to be leaving the women of NYC behind. I honestly could talk about them forever. I could do, I could do another like four series. I think we showed we could do a whole series just on Luann. I don't think we were done yeah, yeah, yeah. with our three episodes. <laughs> but I am so excited to move on to The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, well, we didn't really do a big announcement about what the new season would be about. But um, yeah, that's, uh, oh, that's, that's that's was Beverly it. Hills. Yeah, oh, thanks. <laughs> It's very on brand for us, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I like big that up quite a lot. I was trying to like I would have ratchet liked up a bit the more tension. upward inflection. Oh to God, Beverly you sound like my dad. Hills. Yeah, <laughs> I had like a whole thing set about how you know we're in the archives and we you know we're like we're we're, we're closing the the Morgan Chronicles and we're putting it back on the shelf and we're closing up shop in New York in the wing and then we're going to go to the brand spanking shiny new Beverly Hills Department of Housewives Arts and Sciences and you just pulled that rug right from under. <laughs> Okay, you can email me notes later. It's Beverly Hills, everyone. We're doing Beverly Hills. (laughs) This is actually really lovely for James and I because Beverly Hills was where our relationship with the Real Housewives franchise began. For anyone that doesn't know, we, I think I'm right in saying, both experienced Real Housewives really for the first time in a tiny little flat in Edinburgh whilst we were mm. doing a uh, a fringe production of uh, the Oristia set in a casino. <laughs> so on brand. And yeah. <laughs> uh, and one night I think found ourselves watching, am I right that we came in at the dinner party from hell? It was definitely season one or two. Definitely around there. It was around that time. And we were like, either- what is this? This is incredible. I think we watched a lot because we watched, I think, yeah, it must have been Dinner Party from Hell. And I think we watched all the way through to, I had the visceral image of Kim Richards in that hot pink top and that cardigan on, Mm. that taupe cardigan going, you're a slut pig. That was the game night of season two. So we watched a lot in that time and happiest days of my life, really. And what an amazing chunk to to come in at. And I, I would credit that for like how hard our love of the Real Housewives franchise is because if someone had introduced me to Real Housewives through like the first few seasons of NYC or whatever I would never have stuck with it well we said ourselves with with New York I mean New York is untouchable there are girls we love them to bits Amazing. but we said several times it's a bit of a slow mm-hmm. burn and it takes time to get going but Beverly Hills by golly it's The reason why we've done this podcast, it's all about the old school housewives, isn't it? And I know we Mm -hmm. kind of touched on like later seasons of New York, but 
This is why we do this podcast, because nothing sums up vintage housewives greatness quite like the first two seasons of Beverly Hills. I would honestly go on record and say that's the most compelling bit of television since The Sopranos. It's uh, it, mm. and it's it's actually quite jarring how much Beverly Hills for me anyway, I don't know if you're going to disagree, has changed over the years and how little it actually resembles the show in its current state. And there is a part of me that twinges whenever I I speak to people now and and I find out that they watch uh, Beverly Hills and they've only really known those recent seasons, those sort of Erica Dorit years where it's Mm. all sort of just sort of like lifestyle porn and that's kind of been the big thematic shift whereas actually when you look at the in the those early years there was a lot of that but then really the undercurrent of all of it was a real human raw suffering and existential crisis that I don't think we quite have at the moment for sure I think um please please don't at me but um I actually haven't watched the last like five six seasons of Beverly Hills (sighs) and the reason why is I think I'm discovering in life, despite having been like quite a smoker in the past, and I I don't think I have a wildly addictive personality. I know friends who once they start something, like they, they just devour the whole thing. Like w- my best friend and I are both obsessed with hidden object games, like proper, like really crappy graphics, awful accents, <laughs> like terrible, like pay $7.99 on iTunes for, it's called like Donna Brave and the Paris Strangler. Like that's that's the kind of um, vibe. And she will complete the entire game. She'll stay up all night and complete it and have done it by the next day. And I'll eke it out over like a four week period and kind of leave it and come back to it. And I think I have a similar thing with with Real Housewives. I can't watch the show for the sake of watching the show. It has to grip me. And somewhere around the middle, there was a season where the the most exciting thing was like the Munchausen's accusation from Lisa Rinna. And it just lost me. And I didn't push through. And consequently, I don't know if this is another reveal that I'm about to screw up. But I think it's fair to say that we're going to be focusing pretty heavily on like the more vintage, like, seasons like one to five one to six yeah i think when we talk about uh beverly hills is kind of easy in a way to discuss in this format that it was with new york because for several reasons partly because of this thematic shift which actually did like you say it you can really split the the whole body of work of beverly hills right down the middle and really take the first five seasons as just fantastic television viewing and then Mm. the other five seasons is just kind of a lot of fluff and also, it's it's interesting that we don't have the same kind of core troop of OGs that have lasted the whole way through like yeah. we have on New York. So we really just have Carl Richards as the last woman standing. And she doesn't, you know, I'm, she, I know that she has her fans and everything, and I don't necessarily dislike her, but she doesn't quite have the same ridiculousness. Uh, she's not as much of a cartoon Well, she's character. not a terrible person. I mean, some people may think she is, but exactly like you're saying, she's not, she hasn't got the cartoonish quality to Luann and Ramona who who sort of know they're insufferable or don't know they're insufferable and that's the joy of them. Kyle has this amazing everyman quality. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying <laughs> someone whose <laughs> lifestyle... <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's the Capri pants. But like she has, <laughs> I remember thinking in the first few seasons, she has a quality that means you feel like you're almost seeing the show through her eyes. And yes. so her remaining in the show feels right because she's almost the vehicle 
through which the show happens. But you're right, it doesn't have the same ridiculousness of Sonia and Luann and Ramona who kind of keep the show chugging along. It's also like an awkward position for Kyle because on the one hand, yes, she's posited herself and the show has has set her up to be the sort of um, the closest thing to maybe a Greek chorus or the everyman. But then Beverly Hills also in the recent years has this really odd fixation on the queen of the show or like the alpha female. And Mm. it's, it's very strategic in that sense. And now that Kyle's the last one there, she's kind of, taken up that position as well as sort of being the center diamond holder and the queen of the pack and and kind of playing those two parts concurrently mm. so it feels like somewhat of an awkward fit but I don't want to get I, my, my point being it's a very different show now from what it was then and I'm sorry but for those these poor people who haven't seen those early seasons they need some educating because I'm sorry these kids these days they don't know who the woman in the meme screaming at the cat is they don't know that she's Taylor Armstrong they God, don't know what she's going through they don't know that who Faye Resnick is it's and yeah that the Taylor Armstrong the meme of Taylor Armstrong and the cat it's one of those things where something becomes a real cultural moment and but like with with no understanding of the context mm-hmm. and but I generally uh, struggled a little bit over here in the UK I don't know if it was the same in the US um they put the real housewives of Beverly Hills on Netflix the first two seasons during the first big lockdown and people became obsessed And it was a really zeitgeisty moment of everyone being like, especially people loved it in quite a kitsch way. And it was like the big talking point. And I'm split with this because on one hand, I loved it because I got my best friend and her whole family to watch it. And it became a very bonding thing. I went back and watched it all again. And similarly to, you know, Love Island or Married at First Sight Australia, it it, it actually really got everyone through that time I think laughing having a kind of viewing party mentality but I also secretly sort of resented that everyone suddenly knew about it and was talking about in that way that it's like when your favorite band suddenly hits it really big and you feel the need to kind of show some kind of ownership of like having been there first and Mm -hmm. On one hand, I'm thrilled because it means that everyone went back and watched those first few seasons. And it's great for us as well, because anyone listening who has only come in quite late, I really recommend going back on Netflix and watching. I think they've now got seasons one to four. And and then you can listen to us talk about them. So it's really the perfect perfect match. It's it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, because I totally get that thing of feeling protective and and you were there first and it was once your little secret. But it's also... it's a nice experience for us because I feel like we're now watching it through the prism of a 2021 set of glasses. And I remember we were messaging each other last summer when you got your friends into it. And we were talking about the Taylor Armstrong years. And so much, I think yeah. it made me reassess it with a few years of distance. And I, th- I don't think I quite realized how ethically questionable that whole thing was you know I mean we'll get into it on the Taylor episode but Mm. there's some really weighty topics there and I think that Beverly Hills has taken kind of topics that we've mentioned maybe with um, Kelly Ben Simone and and her maybe not being built for reality TV but providing a lot of drama but at what expense and taking that into overdrive we have someone like Taylor Armstrong and Kim Richards to very vulnerable, troubled mm. people in different ways who are set up on a TV show and kind of being exploited. And they provide some of the most 
honestly, I'm, I'm not even being silly now. The most fascinating drama I've, I've ever seen on TV. And at what cost was that? I, I always say this, that I'm not being glib when I say watching Taylor Armstrong's nervous breakdown over two seasons is one of the most um, t- totally um, ethically questionable, but also completely fascinating. I-, I-, I always come back to comparing it to the episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County, where Vicky Gunvalson finds out that her mother has died mm-hmm. whilst yes. they're filming. And there are so few moments in life where I think we are privy to another human's internal life to that degree who's someone we don't know or isn't isn't kind of in our inner sphere and it's sort of hugely traumatic to watch and at the same time I think a bit like a car accident that you can't look away from I I think you're so right that obviously looking looking at it years later I mean we first watched it nearly 10 years ago and I think at the time we still were so shocked by the content but I certainly remember last year talking with my friend about how mad it was hearing the women constantly say you know she she tells us these things but then we meet Russell and he's really nice and that's confusing and we were like yeah isn't that like Mm -hmm. abuser 101 their dialogue around it is so I don't want to be rude, but so dense because it just shows how much when something like that was filmed, people there just wasn't conversation. Exactly, about yeah, like this. yeah. Um, I I feel like the modern day housewives viewer, we've become so acclimatized to the shows and how they work now. I think it's very easy for us to almost think, watch them as if we are producers as well. And I feel like we've mm. become savvier into the the mechanism of the show itself. And I always think about that scene where they're at the white party when they basically say to Taylor in front of her husband, oh, Camille's really upset because you sued her because she said that you're an abusive husband. So we're not going to let you come into the party. You two have to go home together alone now. And just thinking, yeah. watching that as a producer to send Taylor home and go, bye, you're going home with this guy. Yeah, I remember us on the phone about that. And just, I couldn't believe, I, I realized that we've got like very, very heavy for our like, lovely joyful <laughs> like I'm like looking at my notes and I'm like oh god like my next bit is on like Alison Dubois and I don't really but this know is how the funny thing is like but that's exactly what's so brilliant about the first few it's seasons. contrasted yeah all, all of this is going on in the arena of Lisa Vanderpump's Villa Rosa and it's just like Pomeranians and roses and sparkles Absolutely. and it's just like the fluffiest exterior and it makes I feel like for us what we do best are these deep character analyses and it's going to be interesting because whereas with new york i don't know maybe i'm wrong or biased but i feel like the housewives community doesn't feel the innate fondness for like camille or kyle or kim as they do for sonia or dorinda or even like alex mccord but they're still fascinating characters because they are such a conduit for compelling drama and i think it's going to be an interesting one for us talking about these characters in that way instead I can't wait. It's very Greek tragic. They really do just feel like pawns in the gods game, you know? And I love, just, we love to come back to Greek tragedy. Everything's a fucking we Greek should, tragedy. <laughs> everything's, everything with us always comes back to Greek tragedy. I feel like Elise now. I've like read one paper on Greek tragedy <laughs> and now I'm like pretending I've read them all. But yeah. So uh, there's going to be so much to unpack in these first few mm-hmm. seasons. I am so excited from like... Camille as like a supervillain 
uh, oh. well, I was going to say the rise and fall of Kim Richards, but it, it's sort of a bit like the fall and fall. It's just fall and um, fall. Alison Dubois, like Taylor and Russell, Game and Night, oh. like Dana. I honestly could do a whole podcast on Dana Pam. And we will. And we will. I I think that's the thing with with Beverly Hills. I think of it and it's just a mirror ball in my head. Not even storylines, just like images and flashes and props and one-liners. It's just chaos. Absolutely. It's like glorious rosé chaos of just, Mm. like you say, just like some sort of strange trip of like weird primary colours. The way that at the fashion, I'm so excited to talk about the fashion. Like Obsessed. the statement necklaces, the the primary colour tops, always with like such specific cuts, like the halter neck and Capri pants. Kyle's yeah. obsession with wearing like pedal pushers with high heels with like And when a large that blouse. really sad I don't think I've ever seen a sadder scene on any of the Real Housewives is when Kyle gets those knee high gladiator boots in to her shop. <laughs> Kyle by Eileen too. And she puts them on and she's like, I think I think this looks great. I just like walks around and she's like four foot four. So she looks tiny. And I think in that way, she's never been more relatable because I would totally do the same thing. I would wear some gladiator sandals up to my knee and think I look amazing. Um, Sure. In that way. And I think I always think just a fashion moment of the season two reunion, Adrian Maloof's look. You know when she has that like fuchsia blue, satin, shiny, off the shoulder number with the glittery hair extensions. Absolutely. It was that time, the 2010 era of Housewives, and it was all Blackberries and terrible caftans. Yes, terrible caftans. And Lisa Vanderpump's incredible bum. And just like, and hair pieces and... What's weird is that I also watch the show and even though I think they all look ridiculous, I always end up leaving it being like, maybe I should wear more glitter eyeshadow. Because it's never just like a smudge. It's like full on like... These women commit. The, like yeah. their, their sockets always look so deep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would be my tagline. <laughs> I may not be many things, but my sockets are deep. <laughs> Um, also, I'm really excited to to touch on, I was thinking about this last night, the husbands play a much larger role in Beverly Hills than New York. And I remember being really surprised going back with New York at how involved Mario is in the first few seasons and thinking how funny it is that as it goes on, partly because quite a lot of them are single mm. on New York, that people like Bobby or whatever, they just don't get involved when they were yeah. there. And... Even when they do, there's a in a way there's a much more like polite layer where when I think of Beverly Hills, I think of like Paul going after Brandy at that cocktail event, or like even Maurizio getting into getting into it with Brandy as well, and, and like the Russell big fallouts with Russell. Ken Russell. Um, also, speaking of Ken, I cannot wait to talk about Bulldog Ken, other Ken. <laughs> That's another person I could do a whole podcast on. The reveal of Ken at the end of that episode is so cinematic when you think the episode's done because it's just come from quite a big group scene or an exciting scene or something. And I seem to remember like Kim's not been in it for the whole episode. 
Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to her at that restaurant and they edit it so well so they don't show him for ages. And it just keeps doing close-ups of their hands together and her being like, I really can't wait for you to meet everybody. And then yeah. he's like, I know. I love how also both their voices sound like they've had their like vocal cords removed. And he's like, I know, <laughs> I'm really excited. And then it and then it shows you him. And honestly, <laughs> it's such a like scream moment in my head the editing on beverly hills is so good (gasps) in my head doesn't kyle just go in she just like walks into a darkened room like it's not even like the light she just goes in and he's there and then she just walks off and cries how many people meet their their sibling's (laughs) partner and just burst into tears that's how (laughs) awful she thinks he is oh my god i am so excited so are we going to say what we're going to talk about first? Yes. So, um, I'll, I'll let us? you do this one. Yeah. No, since okay. I ruined, since I ruined every reveal, <laughs> I'm going to let you do this one. So, we think the very first one that we want to talk about is the one, the only Camille Grammer, because she really was the. She was only a housewife, a full time housewife for the first two seasons of the show. So, she really does characterize those golden years and she was the real thrust for the first big argument that we ever saw on the show between kyle and her totally and in itself i'm i'm excited to talk about it because it raises a lot of questions about breaking the fourth wall it's all about kind of like kelsey filming with the women and stuff like that and basically it's probably the most successful example i can think of of any housewife having a disastrous first season and completely doing a 180 and rehabbing her image for the second absolutely what a rebrand there is no one like camille her first season i'm so excited to talk about she was so sure that she was the everyman she was so sure that like she was the people's person and it just makes it all the more delicious because every one of her talking heads is so unimaginably unsu- like uh, insufferable. And it wouldn't be probably if we were on her side. You can so see how if for some reason we just were backing her completely, mm-hmm. we'd love her. But it's such a misfire. And everything about her tone of voice, I just can't wait. I'm going to spend, I'm, I'm going to go off and spend a week perfecting my Camille. That's what I'm going to go and do now. Just as a little amuse-bouche for the next episode, I was watching the first episode before we went in to record just to kind of get a reminder of how, you know, it used to characterize itself. And I had to stop it when they're on that private plane going to that Sacramento basketball game and Camille's doing her talking head about how like, oh my God, this is going to sound really obnoxious, but Kelsey and I fly private all the time. But, you know, it's nice to go green, you know, and fly with regular people, you know. And with that kind of, oh she was just God. with like a smirk and like a raised shoulder. She, and, absolutely. Oh. And she, she has, it, oh my God. It's, she's so, she feels herself so much. And she's responsible for some of the best delivery of lines. And I have to say Beverly Hills in general provided us with so many, like where like the cadence of the line became yeah. so famous you know new york I, we didn't we didn't talk about that many of them on new york but like dorinda's um <laughs> she say which is like not good bitch yeah. did she say not good or not well yeah i'll tell you how i'm doing not well bitch <laughs> yeah oh i got it wrong <laughs> not that said famous. to candace bushnell the creator of sex in the city no less oh. and always with the the puppet always hand, with so. the hand yeah 
But yeah, Beverly Hills gave us so many of those and Camille is responsible for for a fair few of them. Um, and like you say, like what a rebrand and, and I'm just so excited to cover her first two seasons. And this is all set against the backdrop of her crumbling marriage as well. Uh, you know, it's so soapy and it's it's going to be so, I can't wait to get my claws into it. And I don't know about you. I've never looked up. at Kelsey Grammer the same way. No, never, never. I don't know if he'll ever recover. No. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm just so excited to be back. Oh my God, me too. I'm so excited. We're back and better than ever before. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and give us a rating and tell your friends about the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Housewives Archives for crap meme content. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)